Hey, welcome to Pie Tales. I'm your host, Lloyd, and I got a special guest as usual. I got Jerome in the Pie Tales studio. Jerome, that's your camera right there. Hey, let the people know a little bit about you and why you're here today. Oh, my name is Jerome Gillespie. I'm from Houston, Texas, and uh, I play the drums, I also compose, I, I teach a little bit, and uh, I'm here to, you know, talk about music and dig in on this key lime pie. Key lime pie. One of my favorite pies. I'm actually. glad you brought that up, because let's, let's talk about that first. So key lime pie, are you a big dessert person? Not necessarily. Like, you know, it's, it's not like I go to a restaurant exclusively because of the, the dessert, dessert necessarily. Yeah. It's okay. just more of like someone acts like, yeah, did you care for a dessert? I mean, I'm not going to turn it down. So, I feel that. So, so yeah, uh, I think one of the places I went to was a barbecue place in New York, which is was actually a good barbecue place because New York does not have a lot of good barbecue options as you <laughs> imagine it's, it's nothing like texas or anywhere in the south and they had this key lime pie and that's sort of like what got me into really? that type of pie yeah so anywhere like if i go to a dessert place in new york or boston uh, anywhere on the northeast and i see key lime pie i'm like okay i want to want a key lime pie you know i'm, I'm taking that <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that place for sparking your love and interest in key lime pie um pretty sure you know the first time i had it was at House of Pies, probably, and I was like, "This is straight." So, uh, get your fork, take a, your first bite. Let the people know how it is. This is Pie Tales. We hope you know you enjoy your dessert on the show. So, yeah. Honestly, this is better than the one I had. I was about. I was gonna say, like, it's actually. I feel like it's better than the one that I normally get it. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, they they did this. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Man, this, this is good. This is legit. <laughs> and I just feel like that's why I have musicians come on. You know, we, we eat dessert, be happy, listen to good music. Mm -hmm. He was playing good music. It was touching my soul. And first, I got to thank you for coming on and doing an open mic at the bakery. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. Um, like I said, it just kind of kind of ties the brand together, you know, just uh, promoting just positive, positive vibes, just... Uh, yeah, really just positive vibes, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, you are a jazz teacher. Mm -hmm. You study jazz, you play jazz. You've been doing this for a long time. How long you been doing it? I've been, been playing, studying music really since I was four. And it started with piano, okay. piano lessons. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't start playing drums till I was probably like between five and six. And in the beginning, it was just, um, it was mainly like classical percussion, you know, so I was playing with, you know, symphonies and school orchestra and stuff like that. I didn't begin studying jazz until I was like 11, and I'm like 25 now, so or I just turned 25, so it was like four, 14 years, like, of studying and playing jazz music. Okay, um, classical, you said you started there. How did you feel about it at first? Um, classical music and I mean I've, I've always loved classical music uh, my my god godmother uh, who's actually my church uh, first minister of music she um she was a classical pianist and you know so I began listening to classical music for as long as I can remember okay. uh, I love Beethoven I love Mozart I love Bach you know all the you know classical greats uh, and the great composers of, of those times. It's just that going into it, and I think 
um, when I was, because I also played violin. Okay. I didn't really see a lot of, you know, black violinists. And, you know, and, and I, and, you know, initially I didn't even care about that. I just didn't, I felt like there was a disconnect on another level. You know, it didn't connect with me. Like the drums, drums. The actual instrument itself. Yeah, or, or even uh, jazz, jazz music, you know, or just black music uh, in general. You know, it, I, I felt a connection with that on a cultural level that I didn't necessarily feel with classical music. So, okay. you know, it's, it's fun to listen to. It's just like, I don't, I don't usually like perform in those uh, settings anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, we need, we need a lot of information out of you. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you, so you've been intentional with the music since, uh, since, since I guess we started taking lessons at you say 11 or um, what I'm meant to say is like, so you went to school, like high school for playing music yeah high school for performing Perform. visual arts okay okay that that was intentional do you apply to get into there how do you how do you even get in well how it started yeah you apply and you have to audition okay um you had your first audition and then you had the callbacks and um and at the time i don't know if they still do this but it was very very uh selective yeah in terms of like the jazz program and I just both for jazz and for uh, like classical percussion because okay. I was still coming out of middle school I was doing both okay. and uh, I got into both but I was only able to select one and I picked jazz because okay. I favored that over it and then probably like the first year I, I still I did some classical percussion here and there but I got to the point where I was like you know what I I don't want to do this anymore because I just didn't really find it enjoyable anymore at the time and I wasn't as passionate about it yeah. as I was with jazz and I knew, you know, going forward, like, I'm, that's what I really wanted to do at the end of the day. So I just, I just stopped and just put all my attention on, you know, jazz music. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Might as well do what you love to. Um, and then, so, high school, naturally, college, mm -hmm. you were like, let's study music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how'd you go about like, choosing the school and then well from the high school to the college high school to college yeah. so uh i didn't really care much about the schools more about me going to new york than anything okay. so um at the time my my dream school was the new school for jazz and contemporary music which is located in a greenwich village which is a hot spot for live music and also applied to like NYU, SUNY Purchase. I even applied to Juilliard and um, in Manhattan School of Music. And I wound up going to the new school initially. I went there from 2016 to 2018. Okay. And uh, then for some reason, the experience kind of got a little sour for me. Did it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's like a long story. All right. But, uh, All right. Uh, so, but I wound up transferring to Manhattan School of Music, which is this shirt, my alma mater, where I graduated from. All right, so, shout out to them. Yeah. What uh, drew you to New York? Because I'm really wanting to like live out there. Every time I've been out there, I was like, well, I don't know, it just feels cool. Initially for me, uh, everybody lived there. Uh, at PPA, uh, which is my high school, used to take a short abbreviation for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, cats like Robin Glasper, Jason Moran, Mike Moreno, Kendrick Scott, Eric Carlin, you know, we hear all these stories how, you know, they're from Houston, they went to, you know, this high school and they go to New York and they make it big. And yeah. 
And even my teacher who I studied from um, during, my, during most of my high school, his name is Sebastian Whitaker, he did that. So it just seemed like the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like a path, a pattern that happened. And yeah, I just wanted, I wanted that experience. Uh, all my heroes who I looked up to, who I wanted to meet, lived in New York. Okay. So that just seemed like the right place to go. Uh, if it was anywhere else, like it could be, it could literally be in some remote place, like Maine. You know, I don't know yeah. what goes on in Maine. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm either. sure Maine has some <laughs> some spots, but it could be in a place like like that, or even where I live now in, in Iowa. And you know, I, I would go there immediately just because of what it has to offer, not necessarily because oh, it's like oh, this is New York. I I gotta go because. Yeah. New York is, you like if you're gonna live there, like <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's, 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 it's you're gonna have a different perspective than just you know going popping your head in and just, yeah, yeah, you know no, you're there for definitely. like a week and a half or something like that, just having a good time. Like New Yorkers are not having a good time like that. <laughs> I oh. promise. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, How. How have you survived out there? How outside of the music, doing the music? These are just personal questions I really want to know now. Yeah, so. well, well, I was lucky because of my parents helped a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, and going to Manhattan School of Music, the the dean at the time, Stefan Harris. Shout out to Stefan Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he really came through and helping me get like the best scholarship at the time, um, you know, cause I, I think he understood like just the, the struggle uh, and, and really try to provide um, people with, you know, a good musical edu- education and all that. So yeah, yeah. When, I, when I transferred, um, I like, I'm, I met him before I, I even transferred to MSM and you know, he, he always looked out for me. So it was him, my parents, um, other cats um, playing gigs with with people, and I and I'm, it wasn't like I was playing necessarily for the money or to get paid. Uh, that that was sort of at the time that was like a bonus because I, I I didn't feel like I had to be worried about that at the time. Yeah, yeah, you definitely yeah. need money, and it helps. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was but it was but it was nice though, yeah. and 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 you know, it's it's a part of the job because at, at the time. You know, I'm still, you know, like new-ish to the scene and, you know, I was so focused on like, oh, I'm playing with, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. This person who I used to listen to on on my on my iPhone, through my headphones, like in school, mm-hmm. like in between periods, doing my homework, like this is the person and here I am playing with this dude, playing the exact same music I was trying to learn. So I was really wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. But all those factors help in terms of on the, on the financial financial and scholarship, my parents helping me with my rent and the gigs that I was able to do that would help me, you know, buy things like food or, you know, things, things yeah, that I need, need. <laughs> my, my entertainment, you know, stuff yeah. like that, extra stuff. So I was going to ask you like, you know, what heroes are like, uh, your experience meeting your heroes. But before that, do you have any advice to any like high school kids as far as like that might, might be, I guess maybe struggling financially, uh, but want to go pursue, pursue music, like any tips for them uh, making that transition from high school into, I guess the real world? Um, yeah, like going, well, if, I, I say, if you, 
uh, anyone in high school, if they're trying to go to New York, they have to really evaluate why they're going. Um, yeah. Because everybody wants to go because there's this illusion that if you go, you meet the right people, like you just somehow make it big. And that's, it, it, it's not that easy. Yeah, and, okay. it, and it never was that easy, never, and never will be. Um, now that this day and age, you have social media, all this technology, which really made the world smaller. Um, you don't have necessarily have to go to New York. Okay. So what to, should um, they be doing to? Yeah, you know, I'd say yeah. You got, but the, re the reason why you have to go to New York is because there's just so something there that you can't get anywhere else. For me, I want to be in contact with those guys, like the those master musicians that I've listened to. Mm -hmm. Most most of them were older, you know. So my my um, teachers were like people like. Carl Allen, Victor Lewis. Uh, I got to be around Jimmy Cobb a couple of times. Um, I got to study with, you know, Kendrick Scott, who was from Houston, mm -hmm. and he's like a hometown hero. Um, Michael Carvin, who is also from Houston, but but he's like like an OG type of guy. Mm -hmm. Like I would not have gotten that had I stayed in Houston. Uh, so that was that was my reasoning. So it's like. Things, things like that, you know. If it's just about, you know, oh, I just want to go there to play, then I'm like, okay, well, you can go to New York, but you don't have to live there necessarily. And there are some musicians, a lot of musicians who are very, very well known and they never lived in New York, you know. Like, okay. Um, okay. like I don't know if you heard of Kirk Whalen, uh, for example. But just keep saying names. Somebody they, knows. Somebody knows. Or, the or, people that are listening, they know. So just Nick, talk, to, talk I, to them right I don't, now. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Nick, Nicholas Payton, as well, who is, you know, well known. Trump, trumpeter um, from New Orleans and this man being in New York so many times people think he lived there but he really still lives in New Orleans so. okay okay so there's what I'm trying to get up there's other routes but you're saying like find your way to New, New York but you don't yeah, necessarily like, have yeah, to you can spend you don't necessarily there. even have to go to school there really no right? you don't you don't I went to school there like I said because it's the people I want to study with and it wasn't just like New York I applied to many schools uh, and funny thing was like I noticed most of the schools in the south they didn't accept me academically which was wild because I had a 3.4 GPA okay. <laughs> you know so I, I applied to UNT I applied to uh, University of Miami mm -hmm. I think I think I applied applied to Loyola which I, I actually think I did get into that one so that's probably the only okay. uh, exception and I, and I think Loyola is like what a private school. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're private. That's probably why. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I applied to many. Other, I applied to a school in California. I didn't think I did that. Nah, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. So it wasn't just you know like I had my heart set in New York. I was going to wind up in New York either either way. Yeah. Whether yeah. if it was um, like oh if I went to school, let's just say if I went to UNT, you know. And UNT is fortunate to have a good jazz faculty, which is why I picked that school. Mm -hmm. um, and those teachers have a connection to, you know, the New York scene. So some somewhere, you know, I would have Got used that to my advantage and try to learn about it through through them, and then go to New York. Yeah. And and sometimes, like, come to think about, it, I, I kind of like imagine like what what my life had been like, even if I chose that route, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody's going through <laughs> these yeah, other canals, yeah. so and trying to figure it out. So, 
any I, words. I think know? the biggest mistake is like, because I felt like that was my only route at the time. Mm. So, like, I kind of wish I, I knew the other routes. And let's just say if I did know, I probably still would have chose that one. But at least I knew I wasn't stuck exactly. in one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that on Pytales. Like I said, uh, that's kind of why I do this. I feel like, or I don't feel like, there is a big disconnect between high schoolers and, of course, everybody older than them, because yeah. everybody older than them has a way wider, uh, you know, vision, and they're so narrow-minded just because they haven't aren't exposed to everything that they yeah. can be exposed to, or like, I don't know. It's it's a big jump, you know, to yeah, high school they, to they, adulthood. They're, you know? they're getting they're they're getting into the real world, you know. Exactly. And even even when they're in college, I mean, I didn't feel like I was. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was, I was an adult until like right now. Really and I was with somebody else and I was just like, you know, they seem like more of an adult than me. <laughs> I was just like, I'm glad I have them though. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so that's good. Thanks for sharing. So then another next transition, you go from, well, I guess graduate, getting your bachelor's. Uh, when did you become a jazz like teacher? When did that happen? Okay. so. I guess you could say I've always been teaching private students since like my my undergrad, okay. and I, I think it was mostly because of uh, my teacher uh, who passed away uh, like in 20, 2016. So and he was like the guy to go to. So and me being like one of the last uh, students to uh, really study with him. Mm -hmm. Um, some people would come to me uh, because they kind of want to get that level of uh, instruction from um, that I've received from Batch. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think, like during my freshman year at at New School, uh, this this tenor saxophonist named Cal Turner, uh, who is like a well-known um, musician in the Houston area and uh, area and perhaps, you know, all over, all over the country. And he has a son who, who was really talented. And he was like, really, really kind to of me. I just remember he kept asking and asking. And I was kind of trying to be like, oh, I don't, I don't really, cause I, I, at the time I felt like I'm, I'm like 19. Yeah. So at the time so I felt very uncomfortable telling people what they should or shouldn't be doing. Cause I didn't feel like I was at that level yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I, I finally said yes, because he was very persistent. And, and it was the first couple of lessons, it, was, it really, really felt weird. Because I, I, I never experienced that other side, you know. Yeah, I'm an instructor, not the person being instructed. Mm -hmm. So it, it started there. And then other people asked me to teach their kids. Um, so it, that, it started, that was just me being a jazz drum set private instructor. Uh, now... Uh, since I'm getting my master's at the University of Iowa, I'm also a TA. Yeah. So that requires my job is to teach uh, two sections of jazz history, and I co-direct an ensemble, and you know that and other responsibilities pertaining to the program. But yeah, that that's like like a completely different thing. Because in that case, I'm talking and teaching people. Yeah who don't have a musical interest. Most of them are not even music majors. Some of them are like business. I even had had someone who was like studying Japanese, you know, 
And yeah. my, my question to that student was, why would you study Japanese in Iowa? That is just, it's just <laughs> you know, in a Midwest, Midwestern <laughs> rural place like that, like, I, I don't know who wakes up and says, you know what would be a good idea? Yeah, I think he just wants to really <laughs> yeah. uh, have anime in the background. Yeah, you know, I, I guess that, that's, that's the only reason why I would, I would, I would imagine someone would be learning uh, Japanese, but... But you know, it's 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 different. It's, well, why do you want why do you want uh, I guess to learn music, how to play an instrument from you? Like, for for me, yeah, uh, I've always wanted wanted to do that. Uh, like, why why do you think he wanted to play an instrument? Uh, this, this, the, the guy learning Japanese. The guy with, oh no, so it's not a music class. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's it uh it's, it's so they're not learning how to play an instrument. We're talking about like. The history of oh, like, oh okay. Where jazz saying. began, we go through like different eras. We talk about certain musicians, oh, okay, okay. and um, you know, like their final exam, they have a listening test where you know they listen to a song, and they have to you know name the artist, name the band, um, name the year it it was released, and what era it comes from, like things like that. From a from a song, oh, yeah, from a song, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, and, and I mean, and it's not that hard. It's just, it's, I tell, well, it's not hard. It's, see, it, that sounds like like a jacket, like a very terrible thing to say. Like, yeah, of course it ain't hard. That's not no, but it's, well, it's it's kind of like with anything. I think everybody has uh, their own musical taste. Like, and, you know, you you have people who love country music for whatever reason. That's beyond me because I don't like country music, but. <laughs> But, you know, they could tell you, and, and they're not musicians, but they could tell you, like, oh, like, this came from, like, this era, and so so they they, they could just tell tell you yeah. a lot of information. I feel like everybody sort of has that with, with someone, you know? Like, or like, I, like, I imagine every every person in Houston, uh, it's like a Beyonce connoisseur. <laughs> it's like, you know, what era of Beyonce this comes from, or, you know, what album. Even, what like, with hip-hop, like, I, I can listen to a song or an instrumental and be like, this came from this era. Yeah. So yeah, no, nah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes so sense, yeah. It, it's the same yeah. thing with jazz. It's, it's nothing different. It's just unfamiliar to you. And that's why it's kind of like out of your your element. Yeah, I guess, nah, that makes know? a lot of sense now that you broke that down. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> if they're paying attention, they should be great, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's really what it all comes down to. I, I tell the students, I was like, look, I, I'm gonna tell you the easiest way to pass this class. Just listen to the music, <laughs> you know? Uh, my undergrad, we did that. We had a teacher who, um, his name is Bill Kirshner. Mm -hmm. And our jazz history class, he just, he'll take a take a record. He was like an old school guy, play, plays the needle, and he'll, he'll just play play a song. And and we're listening to it, it's like, yeah, this is Louis Armstrong. Plays Louis Armstrong, listen to the whole, whole track. Talk about characteristics. We talk about what we hear. And I mean, I, I was already listening to jazz music, so it wasn't like anything uh, new to me. But I, yeah. I began to learn how to listen how to, mm -hmm. for for certain details. So yeah. that's where it helped me. Nice. So, all right, we're gonna pause real quick so I can check these cameras. Yeah. Make sure they stop on this to basically just doing gigs with <laughs> Tyrese, Tyrese section uh, of the interview. The Tyrese uh, section of the interview. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, maybe like some jazz facts or little known jazz things. Um, how much time do you have? I have nowhere to be. All right, great. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so just like, a, I don't know, some 
So does that can can you do that like a, like a, a jazz fact? Is there a jazz something fact? Uh, something people might appreciate? Uh, is there like a jazz and like hip hop relationship, or well, do you know anything about that? Or, uh, yeah, there's well, hip hop gets their samples mostly from jazz artists. Mm -hmm. I'm not like an avid hip hop listener. Okay, that's cool. Uh, which I'll be surprising to most people because mm -hmm. some people actually see me play hip hop. But it's mostly because they, they, it's just there. there's well there's a saying uh, and, and this comes from a, a oh, drummer. We're not supposed to start. Hold on, hold on. No, we, we weren't supposed to start. <laughs> no, no, we were. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually. No, hold on. That is not making the right sound. Man. Unless I'm tripping. My bad. I'm sorry. All right. And we're back, y'all see we drinking our drinks out of these Pie Tales mugs on the website. You see I'm wearing a sweatshirt on the website. Uh, we got the Pie Tales plate and the Pie Tales napkin. That's all coming soon. But uh, yes, while we were going away, we started talking a little bit about maybe like jazz and hip hop. So mm -hmm. do you have any, um, yeah, you were saying basically hip hop pulls from jazz records. I mean, it pulls from everywhere, but you know, you see yeah, jazz. Yeah, but and... it's, it's all about lineage, mm -hmm. you know, like jazz came for for hip hop and, naturally uh, and then out of jazz was you know rhythm rhythm and blues mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, soul mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, funk you know they, it, and you know so on and so on and you know now the, you know the I guess the latest thing you would say is it's hip is hip hop so someone like like Kendrick Lamar yeah for example if you listen to to pimp a butterfly, mm -hmm. and uh, what's what's that one song for free? And you know they're they're swinging and they, and it's a minor blues um, behind the track, and he's just rapping over it like he's a you know another drum, drummer like it's rhythmic cadence, mm -hmm. all that was you know that of a jazz musician mm -hmm. or whatnot. You appreciate so, that song for that? Oh yeah, that? I, I I appreciate it. For a lot of things, really, it's mostly because I really appreciate artists who use real musicians in live band. Yeah, it's yeah. just something that seems to be missing in a lot of music these days. Mostly because, uh, and I mean, I get it because you know you got to make music really, really fast. You know, as soon as you release something, you know, we Americans are so we're all about cons consumerism. Mm -hmm. So, and we consume things fast. You know. We set trends like this, and mm -hmm. trends all It's getting change. faster. I feel like every year, <laughs> right? And, yeah. um, and so, so you know, someone released something. They got it. They be sitting on like ten other projects, you know, already in the works, mm -hmm. and while they're releasing whatever. So, um, but live when they when they do their music live, you know, most of the time is you know I don't see musicians. You know, they're most likely playing with tracks. Yeah. Like, like one of the things I, I can't stand about <laughs> rappers, I might get in trouble for this. No, but <laughs> speak your piece in a like, great clickbait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I, I hate it when when they like I'll, I'll go to these events and then they'll they'll rap to the track, but there's words on the on the track. You know what I mean? You ever, nah, you ever seen that? Uh, other rappers complain about that. So yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's okay, yeah, it's, it's, about, okay. You know? I thought it's it's just me. Like I always go like, why are they rapping while like we hear their voice on the CD not live? I mean, I get it feels like background mm -hmm. thing, but it's not, and and it's just it's weird to me, you know. No, it was a whole thing when Jadakiss did the verdict, the verses this year, and um, 
he rapped like he actually rapped his song and didn't have words playing behind and everybody kind of felt the difference right. so no it's no that's a thing yeah right. it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like i'm getting something authentic sometimes yeah man when you started when you pulled out the drums and started playing i felt it in my chest <laughs> like, you gotta understand like normally you know we hear 808s and it boom it, it knock and you know you feel something from that too but like when you started playing the drums like i immediately felt like the elevation, like the lift thing, like I don't know, like you feel it is real. Yeah, you know? yo, it's it's nice. every everybody can tell what's what's real or what's not, and, mm -hmm. and that's what what I'm all about. It's not, I'm not, you know, so much like a think people gets gets this mindset like I'm a I'm this jazz I'm a jazz purist, and it's it's not really that. It's like I and I don't really believe in genres like that. I think there's good music and there's bad music, and everybody, you know. The categories, how you, <laughs> what you put in those categories, it's up to you. But I'm just about, you know, is it good? Does it does it move me? Mm -hmm. Do I feel like it's authentic? Uh, you know, those things to me really, really, really matters. You know, I, I love all all music. It just so happens, you know, I listen mostly to jazz because that's what I connect to the most. But mm -hmm. in terms of hip hop, you know, yeah, it's connected to it. It comes, it, it clearly yeah. comes from that. For sure. Uh, which is why, you know. This oh this art blinking quote I was gonna say it's he says uh, like jazz musicians are some sometimes the most prepared musicians in the world because if you ask a jazz ask a jazz musician to be on a like any other genre type gig whether it be rock heavy metal hip hop we 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 can probably survive yeah but if it was the other way around it's it's gonna be they like they he says they they're in trouble. You know, mm -hmm. Those musicians are going to be in trouble because with jazz, it's I, I can say for the drums, it, you know, it's you got to have like proficient coordination. You got to know how to manage through forms, through changes. You know, it's and there's so many elements that are very, very unpredictable in, in the music. Whereas, you know, if I'm playing like a like a church gig, mm -hmm. you know, my my job is okay. Keep that beat, stay in the pocket. This is what I'm doing for the next thirty to forty-five minutes. Yeah, and it's and it's cool. Like you know, that's that's also you know because you're doing what's required of you to you know make good music at the end of the day. But mm -hmm. you know that's the job. But in jazz, it's like keep the groove, keep the pocket, and I have to be responsive to whoever's soloing. You know. Yeah. So we had another guest on the show, Tyree. He uh, provided some questions for me to ask you. Well, he, one of them. I don't know. He wanted to ask me uh, first, like how how you two met. I'm assuming there's a nice story behind that, and uh, how it is playing with him, gigging with him, um, and then just talk about gigs. I guess in Houston altogether. Well, you know, I found Tariq on the streets. On the streets. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> on, on the street, man. Right. It's like, please give me a job. I just can't. <laughs> no, I met Tari. Uh, it was at a at a jams at some jam session. Okay. Um, shout out to Al Campbell. Uh, so, trying to think the name of this place. It's off of Fondren. I think it's called like Seven One Three or something like that. It's okay. Like a, like a Houston mm -hmm. Houston area code. And, you know, I get there and, you know, I see, see Al and, you know, I see, I think a guy named Ernest, Ernest Walker, okay. who is um, over KTSU. And Al Campbell came to me and was like, yeah, you need to meet this, 
this trumpet, new trumpet player in town. Mm-hmm. Name is name is Tari. I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, we we met, we shook hands, and you know, when you meet new musicians, it's always like, <laughs> it's it's like I'm not like you introduce them, but it's like I get the real uh, impression after I hear you play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but you know, in in his vibe, he always seemed like you know a cool guy. But when we started playing, it, it was you know it's like okay, we we fuck fuck with each other. So. Yeah. Uh, after, <laughs> he earned your respect. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, okay, res- respect, right? And uh, and we've been cool, cool ever since, ever since then. Uh, we got that jam session, um, and then I introduced him to you know some of my folks, and you know we all get along famously. Yeah, we get along so well. Like I don't, we don't ever really compliment each other. We always <laughs> like <laughs> people would see us fight. Uh, we like we'll start beef over over uh, Instagram or something mm-hmm. and, and people actually think we're fighting it's like no that's just how how we how we communicate so just say y'all are friends yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're very very good friends if you can't insult your friends you, you're not really friends <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so like just like gigging with them or just like how do you go about gigs because you do all right, so there's two questions. Let me just ask the first one. Uh, gigging, how's how's that in Houston? Uh, playing around the city. Gigging in Houston, it's it's cold for what it is. I mean, it's it's Houston, and yeah. there's there's a lot of you know BS behind it, which I'm not really gonna go into, but okay. yeah. in in politics, because uh, for me it's it's different. Like I I play like if I had to describe my style, it's basically like hard bop ish bebop. You know, I play like tra- traditional, like straight ahead jazz music. Okay. And there's not a lot of people who necessarily would just go go out for that all the time. So, and maybe maybe for me, um, because you know my reputation, maybe. But uh, most of the time, you know, people would rather hear bands that play, you know, cover music, smooth smooth jazz. Yeah. And that's sort of like what Houston is. As a music scene, it's it's become more more favorable to to that, you know. Yeah. And there has been some instances where, like, we have a Houston Jazz Festival, and you know, a lot of people come out for that. Uh, so, so it's there's potential potential hope, you know, for I guess tide turn of more people to appreciate that side of jazz music rather than the commercial side. But um, but as for me, you know, gig, gigging is. It's, it's like it's cool but it's it's like it's always the same thing you know? yeah so are there places that are that do uh kind of gravitate to that more traditional thing i actually went out to jazz fest one year in uh new orleans so, yeah i mean well new orleans is given that's yeah. you know the birth birthplace or known as the birthplace of jazz mm-hmm. so that that yeah everybody's gonna go out to check out jazz music and all, is, in, in all forms you know whether yeah. it's like the traditional new orleans like jazz second line or you know going to i think they have like forget this hotel there's a hotel i think it's called the frenchman mm-hmm. I, probably, probably. I mean there's frenchman street so yeah yeah i think no i think the name of the hotel is, is called called french frenchman and mm-hmm. you know i see see them like have they had they had a thing called a it's a guy named Ashlyn Parker I think and he he has a 
I guess this brand or group called Trumpet Mafia, and it's like a bunch of trumpet players yeah. and a rhythm section. And you know, they're they're all playing, you know, jazz standards, tunes, you know, putting putting uh, mixes on uh, or twist on other other songs, tournaments like funks on R&B. It's it's like a whole oh, nice. so it's it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole vibe. But um, but you know, I saw a lot of people come out to that, and it was like on a on a weekday, you yeah. know. So like, that's expected in like a New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. in New Orleans it's expected. So I'd say mm -hmm. other places where you might not have said I say I say Austin, Austin, Texas kinda has a great live music scene that kinda caters to a lot of things. You have places uh, that's definitely there like in a you know, showcase a lot of jazz music. Okay. Dallas too in some area areas. Um, Chicago is is another place that really has a great jazz scene and, and great musicians yeah and he's i mean it houston is is it's like that and, and the funny thing about houston is and i guess because this is how big houston is like there's a lot of great musicians in houston that no one ever knows about that i don't even know about like and, it, and it's kind of it's kind of scary because i like meet i always meet new drummers you know every time i come here mm -hmm. and some of them will be like close to my age some of them a little bit younger than me and you know i'll you know maybe they come out to a jam session like one time and then you know they crush it and i'm just like where you been like yeah, yeah. like like how come this is the first time i'm like you know it's like you're from houston like yeah i'm from houston you know but they they like live on the north side or they're yeah, katie or yeah. something like that and they come into it and i'm like what the but you know it's not a lot of you know Wait, hold on we got a problem mm -hmm. problem houston's a big city spread out and i'm thinking we need a solution so i say like we start bringing all these people that you find to Pie Tales, get them to talk about themselves, give out their social yes. media, and everybody, oh, and Pie Tales would be the, the the glue. Yeah. The glue. No, I think people should definitely know about them. <laughs> and, it, and I just think they're, like, for, for as big as Houston is, like, because there are some spots. Like, there are spots that I play at mm -hmm. uh, regularly, like Emmett's Place, Keep going. Um, Leon's. Leon's Lounge. Leon's Lounge, yeah, which is <laughs> down down the street. Yeah. Uh you know, and and you know, and, and it's cool, but it's like Houston is just so big. So yeah. there there should be more spots around around yeah. around the all city. all of Houston that sort of, you know, reflects the amount of especially the amount of musicians that are here to me. And not all of them are coming from HSPBA. Like, you know, that's sort of the effect because it's a performing arts high school and there's yeah. always going to be, of course. Uh, you know, some new talent that always comes out because of what the school is. But there are some, some students who, like, would be at a regular school and they can really, really deal and hold their own. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's crazy. Like, Let me find out. I need to open up a jazz lounge. Right. Hey, please do. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um. So then, performing, you want to talk about your performances? I feel like I saw that you won an award recently. Or, or, talk about wanted, performing. Let's talk. Yeah, let's just talk I won about an award. Damn, I didn't know about that. <laughs> but um, my performances are coming up. So the first one that I'm doing as a as a sideman is is actually in Austin with a good friend of mine. His name is Marcos Varela. Mm -hmm. Who's a bassist from Houston okay, and right. very very talent, talented composer, and you know one of one of my uh, musical musical inspirations. Mm -hmm. And then after that, 
I'll be at Leon's Lounge with a, a new group uh, with, with a vocalist this time. I usually don't play with vocalists because I'm very picky. But <laughs> okay. when, it, when it comes to singers, I, I have a lot of pet peeve, but uh, I've been collaborating, or I had a chance to collaborate with this vocalist. Her name is Alex DeWalt. So it's going to feature her, okay, okay. Ian Dasauer on piano, and uh, a new uh, bassist that is coming up on the scene. Her name's uh, Mia DeSalos. And yeah, Leon's Lounge at, from 9 to 11. And then in the new year, uh, and I'm blanking out on the date, but in January, within the first week, I'll be at Emmett's place, okay, uh, which is like the, my my stopping grounds as in terms of you know me being a band leader. I got my start at that place, so every time I come back, I try to you know go go back because they they were the only only ones that really gave me a chance. Nice. And uh, then I'll be at Monks within that same week uh, in Austin uh, to as as a leader, you know, with with my group. Okay. All right. Well. You're a part of the Pytos family now. You yeah. did the open mic. You came and ate some dessert here. So anytime you have anything you want to the people to know, like, like performances, just uh, send me if y'all have flyers on Instagram or whatever, or whatever you got, send it to me and I'll post it for you. Um, definitely, like I said, you're part of the family. So any support you need, just let me know. Yeah. Um, if you could send some more musicians my way, I would greatly I, appreciate I'll that. I'll definitely do that. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Uh, social media, let's give it to him one time. My social media is at Jerome underscore Gillespie Jr. Mm -hmm. That is J-E-R-O-M-E underscore G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E Jr. My Facebook is Jerome Gillespie the second with two Roman numerals. Uh, so two eyes basically. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, Man, I had a Twitter, but I don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> well, whatever you actually it's, use. <laughs> you type my name on Twitter, you find it there. I'm not very active uh, on on Twitter. Uh, you know, I just I just never really liked like Twitter. <laughs> but I feel but, that. But I uh, I have someone post, posting on that apparently. So look me up on Twitter. Check me out on YouTube. And yeah. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Pie Tales. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see y'all next time. Cut the tape, that was the intro. Yeah. This is history.